The following interview was conducted on December 9th, 2014, two days before the world premiere of the interview in Los Angeles. A week later, amid threats from hackers that involved a 9-11 threat-level catastrophe, many theaters pulled out of showing the film. Sony then announced on December 23rd that the film would have a limited release on Christmas Day, alongside its immediate release on multiple streaming platforms. I feel like if they see the movie, maybe they would realize that it's not such a big deal. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rocco, and I'm here with James Franco, Seth Rogen, and Evan Goldberg. They're the principals behind a new movie called The Interview, in which two television journalists interview Kim Jong-un and try to kill him. What the fuck? have you guys done to the world? I don't know. Not definitively anything. <laughs> uh, maybe nothing. Uh, we just wanted to, I mean, what's so funny is like, when you watch the movie, it's just such a silly, like we wanted to make a, a really funny comedy and we thought, you know, we've learned from experience that the more you root movies in the world that the viewer themselves is in, and the more they're able to bring their own feelings and experiences to the movies when it starts, um, it's been something we've found to be very effective and a fun tool. And so we thought of this idea about guys who were kind of enlisted to kill a dictator, and we started reading about North Korea and Kim Jong-un, and we thought, oh, that maybe that's the dictator to, to kill, yeah, <laughs> basically. This was before it kind of caught into zeitgeist and became a big thing like yeah. this was pre Kim Jong-un pre Dennis Rodman yeah Kim Jong-il it was a long time ago for us yeah so what so around what year did you guys first get this idea it was before this is the, like five years ago yeah it was five, like five or six years ago? years ago yeah and then I think what happened is we made this is the end and we played with reality and yeah. having people play themselves and this was kind of like a logical progression yeah right that was still a question on this is the end if if we would even play ourselves right yeah but then Obviously, I hope people don't think that's like actually what we're really like. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there's stuff that's sort of based on us and it, and it like Seth was saying, kind of roots, grounds the emotion of it. Yeah. And I think Kim Jong-un in this movie is probably as much like Kim Jong-un yeah. as we are ourselves. Yeah. I mean, or, yeah. or, 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 oh, I mean, who knows? Right. <laughs> An approximation of it. Yeah. And it's interesting when you talk about the reality where North Korea might be the most... Uh, surreal place in the, in the world, at least in terms of what we see from the outside and the, the few people who have, who have gone in and done reports, Vice has done a few. Um, how was it creating that world? I mean, how much realism did you want in the backdrop? Obviously the plot's um, interestingly um, executed, <laughs> to use a pun. I mean, visually we put a lot of effort into making sure it looked as close to what we knew it to be from all the documentaries we watched. And Mostly that, from your documentaries. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really all we had was documentaries and photos and a few first-hand accounts. And they all seem to corroborate the same story, which is this bizarre kind of bleak-looking place that has extreme pops of strange colors and tons of murals. Yeah, lots of kind of... Lots of pictures of the Yeah, lots of leaders. pictures of the leader, you know. Um, yeah, and we, we, as much as possible, tried to make the parts set in Pyongyang look like what we were able to surmise it, it looked like. But a lot of the movie takes place, that is why a lot of the movie takes place in like this fortress outside of the main city because it gave us a lot more creative <laughs> license to kind of do whatever we wanted and make it look however we wanted. 
The movie's a lot, it's mostly all visual effects. Uh, yeah. A lot of it is built in post. It's a lot of us standing in front of green screens. We basically built a, a digital North Korea um, and... That sounds scary. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think it was all in reaction to being stuck in one house for a, almost an entire movie with This Is The End. We yeah, just we like, wanted, wanted to, to like bust free. There's one part in the movie that is definitely the stupidest part of the whole film when we just cut to a military base for no reason. Because we just wanted to show a military base. We wanted to like in a Michael Bay film. Yeah, we thought that Michael Bay would do that. And on the other side of things, you're playing a TV journalist, his producer. This is the biggest interview since Frosty Nixon. Frosty Nixon? I mean, in 10 years, Ron Howard's going to make a movie out of this. We do this, we can interview any president on the planet. And then you can ask him the real questions. This is like eating our vegetables. Once you eat those, then you get to eat the steak. What kind of research did you do for that? Because it's almost like some of those segments I feel like could be on, on regular TV if, if you're, you know, weren't such a big movie star. People would buy it. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. I mean, um, that, that's the side of it that people maybe aren't talking about as much is that, you know, this is a satire, but it's equally, you know, a satire of um, American celebrity culture and gossip journalism as it is of anything else. And um, so for this character, I think in the writing of it and then, you know, the, the performing of it and the, and the directing of it, it, it all sort of, we we're all kind of familiar with, you know, being interviewed where, you know, we understand what, you know, it's like to be gossiped about. And, um, and so for me, it was really a guy that, just finding that guy who loves gossip, and but it's <laughs> it, but it's it's it, but it's because but that kind of adds up to well because that's what people want to read about like that's you know that's how I'm gonna get attention. Guys, guys, some pictures just came out where it looks like McConaughey's fucking a goat. Ooh. McConaughey goat fuck. McConaughey goat fuck. Get him! Get him! Get the goat! Get the go! When I watch TMZ, yeah, those yeah. fucking people in that yeah. fucking room. Yeah, sort those, of like that. Like, those are the people that I'm like, they, like, truly seem to think that this is, like, God's fucking work that they're doing, basically. Right, right. Like, that, and that, like, it is their responsibility as people who work at TMZ. It is it, a very serious responsibility to bring people shit right. and shove it into their faces. Right, right, right. And, like, that, it's, the, like, that was one of the things, I think, that, like, like, they see, they're so happy when something's bad, and they, they, there's, like, no sense of, like, should we be sensitive towards this? Is this in any way wrong of us to be discussing? It's someone's personal life, it's a tragedy, it's someone trying to have a special moment. Is there any sense that we're perverting it or ruining it? And, that, like, you, I feel like you look them deep in the eye, and there's zero fucking sense that what they're doing is, like, in any way Sort of like you cross detrimental the line. You, to, murdered, yeah. you murdered one person, then it's like, oh, it's so much easier to murder than that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an extreme analogy, but it's yeah. <laughs> Or, like, I had a, a friend, um, a young friend who worked, who was at the Harvard Lampoon, and then the poor guy out of college could only get a job at TMZ, and they got this photo of me, somebody, some, one of my fellow Columbia students took a photo of me sleeping in this lecture, <laughs> and TMZ got it, he gave it to TMZ, 
And he, my friend told me, like, that was like the, the ultimate moment. That was, like, like deep off. throat. Yeah. We got deep throat. Like, Not so studious <laughs> now. Was that, like, yeah. that was, like, Snowden. Like, yeah. To them. Yeah. Yeah. You got James Franco sleeping in class. Yeah. <laughs> this is going everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's so crazy. Well, and that's interesting because I feel like if you were to put if you were to put like Harvey Levine in this in this scenario, I don't think um, whatever's going on in there that sounds borderline sociopathic. And from your point of view, which I would agree with, would he save the world? Probably not. I mean, if character. he thought it would help his show, that's yeah. true. Yes. actually. But which is kind of why yeah, he agrees to do it. It's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, it, I think, I honestly think, yeah, if he thought it would in any way perpetuate his company and his stature, then probably. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> I've well, never met I, the I, guy. Well, there's, there's an element of, of the naivety of the character, of your character, which on the tail end where he gets Kim Jong-un to admit that he has a butthole in peas, um, that's the kind of secret that cracks you know, the, the great leader. I, I just don't think Harvey Levine would have the acumen. Exactly. <laughs> you have to secure the payload. What do I do with it? What do I do with it? There are people coming. Where the fuck do I hide it? What if you hide it in your butt? I don't want to stick it in my ass. You got to put it in your butt right now. It's a little big to stick up my ass. They are closing in on you. <laughs> the package is secure. Um. But there is a couple of very interesting things. I mean, when this is, uh, seems to have like quite a long gestation period. I mean, over um, the course of the, the father dying and the son taking over. So I imagine some changes had to be made to the script yeah. at that point. However, even within the movie, I mean, the release date was pushed um, probably for many reasons, but I know there was um, specifically something with buttons, I believe, yeah. um, that had to be digitally altered. Oh, that wasn't why we pushed. Okay. We, we pushed for one reason only, which is we had a better date. Oh, Christmas good. Okay, was available good, good. to us. The buttons thing came down to people have all these suspicious theories as to what's going on, and it's literally a legal clearance issue. Yeah. We couldn't clear the images from the artists because they're in North Korea, and we couldn't get to them. So we had to change 400 buttons. Yeah. And the buttons had some have someone else's face. Kim now, it's, uh, now it's now it's like a slightly image. amalgamated version yeah. of Kim Jong. Uh, <laughs> of, of, it, 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 it's, Wait, you were worried about the rights of the artists? Uh, it is. It does exist in like a murky legal territory at times because, like that, you know, the sculpture that the little girl is seeing in front of in, in the opening shot of the movie is a real sculpture, and traditionally you would need the sign off of the person yeah, who sculpted yeah. it, and Top obviously right. that's impossible when that person uh, is in North Korea somewhere. Well, and apparently North Korea <laughs> doesn't understand the legal process; they just. <laughs> Uh, retaliate by by hacking you, which maybe allegedly maybe, maybe it's North Korea. Maybe, maybe that's it's like a game of Clue, man. Yeah, you don't know where it's going to land. It could be being. Colonel Mustard. <laughs> but I will say, you know, beyond that, the speculation has been since the summer yes. because they declared this movie, I believe, an act of war is what is what the North Koreans said, or at least wrote to the UN. Yeah. Um, which I think it's the first movie that's historic, right? To be declared an actor was was Team America World Police declared that? I think you guys have one up. So. Capacity, no. And, um, and they they called you terrorists. How do you feel about perhaps there's they, some people? They, they called Seth a gangster filmmaker. Oh, that was the best one, honestly. A gangster. That I actually really. And I take insult. I wasn't included in that. No, they do not I'm clearly. They clearly respect the directing partnership less than any. Yes. <laughs> well, there has to be a supreme leader. Exactly. I don't even know. It's I feel only like both be of one. us, like they can't comprehend. That you're a team or we're a team. Someone's in charge. I'm the gangster filmmaker. Um, 
Yeah, it was uh, it was a little <laughs> surreal, honestly. Yeah, I mean, we didn't expect that degree of um, what I would hope is rhetoric um, to be thrown at us. Um, but at the same time, it wasn't, I guess, entirely surprising. Yeah, we knew they'd but, say something, but we just thought they'd say we'd disapprove yeah. of this film. But again, what's so it seems like they that response was not coming from having seen the movie, yeah. just hearing the concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I feel like, like who knows? This is the weirdest thing to say. I feel like if they see the movie, maybe they would realize that it's not such a big deal. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe that have, maybe that have the opposite feeling. But it's so to me, to us when we watch it, it's so like silly and like it. It seems weird that there's anything in it that you would take so seriously. Maybe the know? scene where Kim Jong Un shoots him. The in, in the butthole. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I was like, hmm. I until then I was like, oh, this is great. It shouldn't be. And then I was like, hmm, maybe. The asshole was ironic as a line that might have Your butthole is like, yeah. Maybe, maybe he won't like holes. that. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe he'll be like, Maybe he'll be like, that was another zinger for me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- that's the real story. Is he's probably has it like on 15 different formats and screens. And we like to think that in his head, it. he's just like, you guys. Right. You, you got, got me. me. So got me. <laughs> and it's just like his his people that are that are a little upset. And he's just like, we're. It's like us. Our agents get mad about shit that we're okay with. <laughs> you show up and you're like, what? I didn't ask for this fruit plate. <laughs> Kim Jong-un's people believe anything he tells them, including he doesn't urinate and defecate. You tell me my man doesn't pee or poo? Everybody pees and poos, otherwise he'd explode. Like, if you had a wager a gamble, do you think he's he's seen it, Kim Jong-un, has seen the film? Just on top of your head. And does that make you, it's gotta make you kinda happy. If we, if we kept trying to guess what is happening, we'd yeah. all go crazy. Yeah, That's I have no, true. I just true. have the no truth clue. Is I have no idea. Like, Randall, I mean, he comes off really well. Yeah, we went out of our of way to really try to make him, to make him a three-dimensional character, you yeah. know, to make him sympathetic and to explain where he's coming from and his backstory. We wanted him. He's he's very lovable at times in the I movie. Mean, it's miles yeah. beyond the depictions of anybody in like the Naked Gun series. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> or Team he's America much, or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. If Team America is your benchmark, yeah. this is like yeah. uh, this is like your your Jamie Foxx and Ray <laughs> in comparison. <laughs> this is like a fluff piece of all fluff pieces. But I I do think he he this performance is. Randall's performance is particularly great because it's almost like the secret private life of someone that's the most guarded, at least weirdest hermit kingdom exactly, in the world. Yeah. So a lot of that had to be interpreted, and it, it seems very realistic and on some levels. And I mean, it was derived partially yeah. from stuff we read about him, and um, you know. Uh, his the family situation, you know, the things people believe about him, the cult of personality that is kind of created um, in North Korea. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was it's just like okay, like here's again, nothing is a fact because no one actually knows anything. Knowing that these may or may not be this person's attributes, how do you form this yeah. into a character in a movie? Given like these benchmarks, mm-hmm. essentially, it's almost the way that you know. Uh, the character, like Danny McBride's character in This Is The N Works, where yeah. it's like, it's like what do Danny's know the about sweetest him? guy, yeah. but everyone that meets him on the street thinks he's like eastbound and down. Yeah, it and is. It, yeah. It, part of it is just really asking, like, what does the audience know about him? Yeah. They, they know, you know, that it's weird over there. They know, they, but it's you also know just the situation, like he's an upcoming leader who just took over yeah. a specific country with a specific reputation, and like what would it be to be a man stuck in that situation, which is a difficult and insane situation that one could argue 
there is some ways to be sympathetic towards a guy with those issues. And that's kind of one of the things Randall cracked, I think, when he came in. Yeah, for sure. And I think you see it um, when he's a young leader as well, I think, is something that's, that people don't take into account. He's inherited probably the most insane situation in the world. Um, but you figure if he likes Dennis Rodman and he likes basketball, I think there is a point to be made where he must like American Western, culture. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so this there has to be. Maybe it's, it's maybe he doesn't have a sense of pride given the nature of the movie. But I mean, it's almost the best. It's like a roast or something. Right? I know, and that I mean, part of me would maybe think that's how he would interpret <laughs> it. I would hope. I hope so. <laughs> it's a great roast. Yeah. Were you worried at all that he was gonna? Because up in um, last few months, he's been reportedly unhealthy, eating yeah. too much Gouda cheese, broke his ankles or something like this. Were you worried that he might pass before the film was released? I mean, it was, it was something we were aware, we were, there was definitely a conversation of like, how would this affect the movie? Yeah. When handling the rice in the strip, operate with extreme caution. Even momentary flesh contact with the exposed strip is fake. Dave needs to appear casual as he is transferred from his room to the broadcast facility. It is critical that he keeps his hand open and touches nothing. These guys are... Dave will bow to Kim, then shake his hand, immediately disposing of the strip in his jacket pocket, which will be lined with an absorbing agent that denatures poison. in you guys perhaps not paying closer attention to world events but maybe seeing looking at things maybe like what's under the surface of these things you know um, can the world be, cope with these situations a little bit better with with, with some comedy because I do think this is a pretty unique film in that way that it really mm. plays on like you said a realistic scenario yeah. and it takes well, it to a different level I think let me let me set you guys up and you can yeah. finish like I think you know one thing that Seth and Evan said to me um, it, it becomes a question of how much crap do you put into your material and how much, you know, serious um, stuff do you put into your material? And, and, you know, is there a way to balance it or what, you know, how do you, how do you work that out? Because it seems like crap sells more, you know, more, in, you know, in, in certain areas and, and et cetera. So, um, and with this very movie by, you know, nature of the subject matter and, and the approach that they're taking, they too are also, although I think their you know, previous movies are incredible you know, movies, but they might be perceived as kind of, I don't know, on the sillier comedy side. So this is a movie that kind of takes one little step right. towards you know, kind of a more serious uh, subject or concept. I mean, I think we, uh, us, like, we're just, you aspire to do things that comedy can do, you know? And when you grow up watching stuff like Dr. Strangelove and you watch shows like The Daily Show and South Park and you see these comedians that are able to truly incorporate the real problems of the world and make them 
digestible in such a way where it's not only tolerable, it's desirable to watch it and think about it. I mean, that, I'm not saying we're doing that to the success that any of those things I just named are, but I think that's the conversation that led to the movie in some degree. But that being said, our first and foremost priority is to be funny. And I remember like watching that Kubert documentary and someone's talking about Dr. Strangelove and they're like, yes, it's brilliant and it's a great satire and parody and it comments on all of the atrocities of war, but the only reason people still watch it is because it's really funny. And that is like a very good lesson. There's a lot of movies that equally articulate the horrors of war and the nuclear era of the 60s that just aren't funny, so you don't fucking watch them. And that, to us, was like, there was there could never be a moment where it was just like, oh, we're, it's a political movie, we're pushing this agenda. We don't even have a political agenda, honestly. Like, we're, we, 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 we read about politics and we're aware of it, but like, this movie is not trying to make anyone really think any certain thing. It's just kind of meant to explore a certain, some, some ideas, you know, um, and, but first and foremost, we wanted to make people laugh. I flicked a gangbang. There! You like it? You like it! But I think comedy is like a really key element here for the, the other reason that it's, if you can make people laugh, you can also talk about certain things in a much more kind of palatable way. Well, like when we made 50-50, right? That was like a good lesson. Yeah. Well, that taught us that there's like a roller coaster, which in, in This Is The End, it was like horror and comedy, and 50-50, it was the cancer and comedy, and in This, it's politics and comedy, where you can do some politics, but then you gotta break the ice and let people laugh again with a joke, and it, the tension kind of works. It gets them ready to laugh, and then you give it to them right when they want it. And 50-50 also showed us that we could make a movie about something very serious, and make people very happy to watch it, you know, um, which you wouldn't normally, mm -hmm. you wouldn't want to watch a movie about mm -hmm. a guy with yeah, cancer. Yeah, when someone, taking 50-50 as an example, gets cancer in real life, you're not just sad the whole time. Like, you laugh, you're sad, you're happy, you're angry. Yeah. Like, laughter's part of everything, and so it seems weird to me when there's just a drama with, like, no laughter. When Unless it's about something real sad. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not real life, you know. Yeah. One note is not real life. Yeah. You need all those things. And uh, Doctor Strange is a great example. It's almost like mm, Hollywood, in particular, and when you you know veer away from the Daily Show or talk shows, that sort of art of satire has largely not been explored, I think, as much in recent times because the world is so serious. I yeah. think now and there's some serious shit happening. But like like we were saying, I think it allows people to to talk about things they wouldn't otherwise. And I mean. Yeah. Are you guys still moving in that direction? Should we expect the interview too with... <laughs> no. <laughs> we never were like, maybe we should stay away from politics for a few years. Yeah, we're going to do some comic yeah, books. Make a romantic comedy. Comic yeah, we're, we're directing a pilot based on a comic book. It's, uh, I mean... As far away from reality as possible. Yeah, I mean, as... Honestly, it's just been a little stressful over the last few days. <laughs> and like, you only get so much with yeah. the public in every direction, and I feel like we've pushed this one. Yeah, and we're done. For yeah, a while. exactly. Oh, yeah. People seem to. Yeah, people seem into it right now. Let's just leave. You know, let's. I hope. I hope they like it. And it's been. It's been. It's been a lot to deal with, honestly, like emotionally, and just kind of. It's been draining, you know. So, 
yeah, uh, yeah, we'll make a nice, silly, romantic movie next, maybe. <laughs> Thank you so much, gentlemen. Good to see you, brother. And I Thank hope, you, man. I really hope you, you know, you. survive till the premiere. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs>